Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor. With mixed market bet builders, in-play betting and a selection of welcome offers, make sure your Premier League is spent with BetVictor's premier betting app. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast of Never Ends. Yes, this is the Blue Day podcast. For Chelsea fans everywhere, every day is a blue day. I am your host, a man with a face for podcasting, Keith Lawrence. And again, joining me this week, he's the star of the show. He's the cream of the crop who always rises to the top. It's Steve Wicks. Steve, how are you? We're off to Wembley again. Yeah, again. You know, uh... He's done really well in 10 months. He's, he's going to three finals. I think he's done really well, the manager. Um, you know, I just hope that, and I do believe that that, that we'll win it. I really do. Should I it really... matter who who we should yeah. be worried about facing, whether it's Arsenal or Liverpool? I'd love to face Arsenal. <laughs> I'd love to face Arsenal. I, I would love... That would be the ideal thing for me anyway. Chelsea Arsenal at Wembley. You know, it's a cup final, but to me, that makes it a very special cup final. Just uh, as long as we don't lose to them again. Exactly. I can't cope with three years, Yeah, bragging three right. finals in a row. Well, the, one of the reasons why I want it to be Arsenal, because I, I want to, you know, get them back for what they've done to, you know, I, I uh, you know, I, I'd love to beat them. I'd love to. Well, it'll be interesting. As we're recording tonight, Liverpool were playing Arsenal in the first leg because they had allegedly a lot of COVID positive results, which turned out to be false, yeah. so, which is why they're now playing a week later. Um, so read to that what you will. If, I, know, I know if I was an Arsenal fan, I certainly wouldn't be happy, but we're not talking about that horrible lot in North London. We're talking about the, the other horrible lot in yeah. North London. And the semi-final that happened last night at Three Point Lane between Tottenham and Chelsea. And my goodness, it was... Um... Well, Steve, I'll, I'll sort of get your thoughts in a minute, but it was a game where, when I looked at it, Chelsea played superbly well. They controlled the game. It was game management at its best. I thought the team selection, the tactics, everything was perfect. The only stain for the game was probably the referee that nearly cost us. If it wasn't for VAR, we would be out. Yeah. And to, again, I've, 
I said this on social media this morning when I got up. I was a big detractor from Tuchel when he came in. List This time last year, funny enough, Tuchel came in. It's nearly been a year. I wasn't a fan of his. I thought that with him leaving PSG under a cloud and with him leaving Dortmund under a cloud, I just thought it might not be a good appointment for Chelsea. My goodness, how wrong was I? Again, three finals. He's never lost a semi-final in his career. He's won us the Super Cup. He's won us the Champions League. League Cup, which, again, and it makes me laugh, Steve, when I hear stories about... This This is my first rant of the show, because I've, I've, I've got a few coming up, Steve. Yeah. When I hear different football supporters complain about the League Cup and disrespect it to the point where it's a Mickey Mouse competition and you had that Ralph Rangnick from Man United say they should scrap the League Cup because we you know we need to worry about the league fixtures and crap like that. There's a reason why top sides like City and Liverpool and Chelsea play their strong sides because they want to win competitions and this is a competition that we've got history in, we've won it before, we've got a We've got some talented players in this squad that want to win trophies. And it don't matter whether it's a League Cup or an FA Cup final. OK, it's not the champ- you know, it's not Champions League. It's not League. It's not what everybody wants to win. Believe you me, people that value English football, people that have a history of watching English football, they want to win the League Cup. It's a day out at Wembley. It's great if you win, shit if you lose, but it's a trophy. You can't tell me that with the allocation that's going to be there at Wembley come the end of February, that they're just going to turn up just for the sake of it. No, they want to turn up because they want to win the competition. They want to see their team win the competition. And I've never devalued the League Cup. I've always sort of treated it as serious as as a supporter should and we're in another final and to see this what annoys me about teams like Southampton and mid-table sides like Everton and teams like that that put second string sides out in cup competitions you're not going to win the league you're not going to win Europe you're not even in bloody Europe take the cup cup competition seriously for Christ's sake and you because you never know don't treat this as oh, we're more concerned with final positions in the league or fine, you know, we want to get into Europe. Supporters don't, some supporters don't want that. Some supporters want to get to Wembley because some of these supporters have never been to Wembley and some of their children have never been to Wembley unless it's an England game. But it's a lot different to going to Wembley for an England game than seeing your club play. And I just think that with the way Chelsea have handled it this season with... The League Cup has been superb and it's what I think every club should do and every club should treat the cup competition seriously. Steve, I don't know what, yeah, about your thoughts on it, but that's my first rant for today. Well, listen, I think if it's good enough for, for Pep, it should be good enough for everyone because, you know, he's taken a great deal of pride that they won it, what, six times out of the last, or five times out of the last six years? or mm. You know, he's, he's always treated that cup with respect and... I think it was the first trophy he ever won at Man City. And, I, and you know, and it was Jose's first trophy that I think he won at, at Chelsea, I think. You know, yes, so, it was, yeah. yeah. You know, so, listen, I, I'd rather play a game at Wembley than go training. That's for sure. 
and win a cup and give and put smiles on Chelsea fans' faces. That you know, and winning cups is there's nothing better. Um, but yeah, I was. Um, I think everything you said about Chelsea was was right. I've never ever thought I'd ever see such an easy semi-final over two legs against Tottenham as those two games. Uh, I, I I think we cantered to Wembley, and I don't think anyone should ever canter to Wembley. I think you know, teams should roll up their shirts and fight and graft and 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 fight for everything. But Tottenham went out with a flicker. It was it was. Unbelievable to see Chelsea boss them. There's a little spell, that little spell just after half time, where you thought, well, let's not concede the goal now because you know, you know, the, the crowd started to lift. But Chelsea soon, you know, put that little flame out and continued to uh, dominate the game. Um, and I think it's lovely because when I was playing, the biggest game that we had, believe it or not, was Tottenham. That was the, and it's nice to see. Um, us totally dominate them like we did. And it wasn't just a dominant performance in one semi-final. It was over both games. And... Both. Listen, they were lucky. They were lucky to go into that second leg, not 5-0 down. Yeah. You know, they, they were dead lucky. And, and because of that, part of me said, Jesus, you know, have we let them off the hook a little bit? Because... What would have happened yesterday if Tottenham had scored in the first 20 minutes? But it wouldn't have been just because, uh, honestly, I think what it's accentuated is the gap between the top three and the rest. Um, there looked one hell of a gap yesterday. Um, and I think that Liverpool, Man City and Chelsea are pulling away from the rest of the field. And I think from Spurs' point of view, They've got to look over their shoulder because they've got West Ham, who are actually growing as a club. Um, and they've got, you know, there's, there's going to be a real fight for that last fourth place. And I would love West Ham to, you know, I know they're London and they're our rivals, but I'm one of these people that quite like the South to beat the North. So I, I, um, I would love to see West Ham um, get that fourth spot. It'd be great. I attended last night's game. I managed to get a ticket and walking towards the stadium, I heard Tottenham supporters saying, oh, this this game isn't important. Sunday's game against Arsenal is more important, blah, 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 blah. And it made, and it made me laugh because I was looking at sort of how Tottenham would approach it and how Conte would approach it especially. And I got to the ground, I sat in my seat and I looked at the stadium for a couple of minutes and thought, Looks impressive for someone who's not been in the stadium before. Magnificent stadium. They've got a world-class manager. Yeah. A Some might disagree, but a world-class stadium. But a piss-poor squad. And Chelsea, to their credit, and to the fans' credit, and I'll talk about the fans in a minute, we pissed all over them last night. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we absolutely... Dropped our trousers, pissed at the stadium, and walked off and laughed. And you look at someone like Harry Kane, uh, he just... Hey, so I, I, he I just looked disinterested, and I, I Christensen had... 
I was just going to say, Christensen, Saar and Rudiger last night, they were just magnificent. Yeah, every, and every single person that put on a Chelsea shirt last night was magnificent. Lukaku, and again, this is my second rant for the day. People that are still criticising Lukaku for that interview, stick your head out your ass. He has said he has apologised. The club have accepted it. Tuchel's accepted it. Let's move on. Lukaku never said he wanted to leave Chelsea, so we you know, we shouldn't be trying to get him out the door. Yes, he didn't score last night. He had a good chance in, in the first half. But I thought his hold-up play and his overall contribution with bringing the ball down and allowing two people like Werner and Kovacic and Hudson-Odoi to come in and get into the space where Spurs were leaving quite behind because they weren't tracking their markers was effective centre-forward play. I'm not saying it's like a Drogba-esque, but it was half close. Yeah. And he was he was outstanding last night. As I've said to you over and over again, a team like Chelsea, the way we play, we need that focal point up front. We need that person that's going to hold it up and bring other players into play. And he he had a very good game at that last night, holding it up and bringing other players into play. Um, and you know uh, listen what's happened has happened you know you can't hold that against him he's he's trying he's gone out and he's trying I think Chelsea means a lot to him uh, and he said when he signed that Chelsea were his favourite club you know I think Chelsea means a lot to him I think you're going to have these teasing problems you know I used to say it, and you used to say it, every time he was on the bench, what is he doing on the bench? Yeah, yeah. You know, so if you multiply that by 10, you've got the player frustration. Mm. And sometimes, players' frustrations, they don't control it, and they say things they shouldn't say because they're passionate. And I think when this happens at this time, and the way he's responded, I think you've got to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, because I think probably the big problem he's got is he doesn't know who signed him for Chelsea. He doesn't know if Tuchel signed him because he wanted him or whether the club signed him. And when you're being left out and you're the biggest signing at the club and you're being left out and you're on the bench game after game after game, yeah. Doubt would start to get in your head. And he probably had a weak moment where he let a bit of emotion out. Um, but listen, the one thing that pleased me, if you can shut Conte up, you must have had a good performance. Because he was so deflated after the game. He was like, totally. I think he realised the job he's got is enormous. Enormous. And all these things, if I hear one more time that Harry Kane is world class, I will eat my hat. I will eat my hat. You know, I was brought up world-class players. Pelé, Maradona, Johan Cruyff, Johan Nieskin, um, Zidane, world-class players. Harry Kane is not a world-class player. Every tournament he's played in, I think, you know, he's, he was the leading goal scorer in the World Cup. That was the luckiest six goals one of them come off his ear. We didn't even know he was going to hit him. You know, and nowhere near world class. And this is a real crossroads of his career. 
if he doesn't watch it, he's going to go the Deli Alley route. It was another so-called could be a world-class player that Tottenham had. He's got to watch it, Harry. You can't switch on and off. You can't. And he's looking. He's telling the world with his his body language and how he's playing. He doesn't want to be at Tottenham. And even the injection of Conte, who, if I was a player and you got one of the best managers in the world, most players would respond to that. But he looks dead. He looks he looks numb from the neck down. Um, and that's listen. You know, my my other passion in my life is England, and that's a bad sign for England because we haven't got anyone coming up behind him that I think is could lead the line to extent where we can win the World Cup. So it's it's hard times for everybody. And the other thing is, which I want to get because this is my grief, the little bloke that runs Tottenham. Right? I'll tell you what, if he doesn't watch it, if they don't keep it... Listen, they broke their their promise with Harry Kane. Trust me when I say this. Daniel Levy had a deal with Harry Kane that he could go at the end of the year. And he broke that promise. I can guarantee that. And what he's done, they've got content. Yes, we're back to you. I haven't heard too many rumours about Tottenham signing players. And now a little thing came out today that we'd prefer to sign players at the end of the season. If he's broke his promise with Kante, I don't know how much longer he's going to be there. Because he's the type of bloke that will pack his bags and go if he's, the promises he's been given aren't adhered to. He left Juventus because of a row with the owner over signings. He left Chelsea because of the issue with players. And he left Inter Milan because Inter Milan gave him false hope and they said they needed money to sell players. Those are three of the world's biggest clubs. If you look at European pedigree, league and European cups, there's no way he's going to stay at Tottenham for, for, for as long as his contract is. Fair play to the Chelsea supporters, and I was one of them that was chanting Antonio's name because I still value what he did for the club for two years when he won us the league in 2017. I still valued how he got us to play football and how he got us basically steamrolling that league in 2017. But he cut he cut a lonely figure, and I've never seen him like that. Listen, the one Never thing that we all like loved—the the, the one thing we loved about Conte—was he was emanated, he was alive on the side. He was going mad and he was mm. jumping. Yesterday, he was like a—he was just like a statue. He didn't do anything. He was—he wasn't the same man. No, I honestly believe that if Joe Lewis and his sidekick let him down. And they don't cut. I don't think he'd be here in February. I, I really don't. Because... Gonna... Go on. No, I was just going to say, Steve, I'm going to call it now. I'm, I'm in the mood because I've got more rants coming up. If Spurs don't sign anybody, I think he'll go. No, I, I, I do think he'll go. Uh, listen, we all I know. I think what he will I... go in February yeah. if Spurs do not sign anybody this no. month. And, and what he's done. Where he's done so well in his career, 
and he's won things and he's been great at all the clubs. He's really, he's won things with clubs. He's coming to Tottenham and he would have had assurances that they would back him. He'd have had assurances. Now, if they don't adhere to those insurances, that man will not stay at Tottenham. They won't. And everyone in football will know yet again, Daniel Levy hasn't lived up to his word. Yet again. And he's done it with so many managers. He's done it with so many things. Yes, they've got a lovely ground. Joe Lewis is has built the most beautiful estates in, in Florida. He's, you know, he's built the most magnificent golf courses in Florida. You know, uh, Lake Como, uh, he's got, they're beautiful. All the great golfers live there. And he has the best stadium in the world. But they haven't got a team to grace that. Building that stadium, they've neglected their team. They've neglected the football side of it. And they will soon find out they might have a great stadium, but if you haven't got a great team, you're only going to fill it half every game. And listen, me for one, I um, it wouldn't. I, I'd be delighted if, if Tottenham, because I, I just don't like what they stand for. I really don't. Well, as we've put it rightfully on the show. Chelsea just outfought, outsmarted, and outclassed them in two games. And I'm expecting the same come the 23rd of Jan when we play them in the league. Um, Steve Rudiger scored the goal last night. I thought it came off his head. I thought it was a completely fantastic bullet header. It actually came off his back. But be that as it may, it went in. Fantastic scenes in the away end. Tottenham get battered everywhere they go. That was the chart that went ringing for the, the the five minutes afterwards. Rudiger's contract's up at the end of the season. There's the clubs that at this moment in time are linked with him. Ironically, one of them's Tottenham, which I found quite amusing. Paris Saint-Germain, Real Madrid apparently uh, shying away from it because of allegedly the wages. Manchester United, and also we're still... Basically, the contract is still on the table at, at our end. Excuse me. Yeah. Steve, I want to get your thoughts on it. Is he replaceable or is he too valuable at this moment? No, he's replaceable, Pete. He's, he's definitely, you know, he's, he's, he's replaceable. How old is he now? 31, 32? He's, no, no, he's about 28, 29. Oh, he's 28, 29. I'd look at it a little bit differently. What, what I've seen is him, I've seen him grow over the last couple of years and become a leader. He's become a leader. But to me, the greatest thing that ever happened, to give you some idea, to Man City, was they, when they were in for Maguire and they ended up signing Diaz. And to me, that was the best thing that's ever happened to him because that boy's probably the best centre-back in the, in, in the world at the moment. He is, you know, there are players out there. And I think what Chelsea's got to do, you know, I think Chelsea have got to, you know, Christensen's playing a game at the moment. Rudiger's playing a game at the moment. And what we, we shouldn't be doing as a club like Chelsea has been held to ransom. You know, they made Christensen. They gave him the opportunity. He's become a much better player under them. And now there's rumours that he's going to go to Bayern Munich. You know, 
I think we deserve more respect than that. And if players are going to hold us to gunpoint, I know Roman won't accept that. Uh, and I would imagine that Peter Cech and all his boys are looking at centre-backs all over the world at the moment. And that's well, there, why is, uh, there is an alleged list going around with Chelsea about different centre-backs that we are linked with. I know one of them is the Seville left uh, left back, the, the Seville centre-back, June uh, Kunde. Uh, he looks very, very promising. I know there's potential rumours of Marquinhos, but I, I can't see it personally. But I thought with Rudiger last night and even this season, the contract talks don't seem to be having an effect on his game. Not like he's downing tools or looking to score no, a no. goal. Or he, he, they don't look like he cares. He has shown commitment, fight, desire, and a bloody madman at times on the pitch when it comes to tackling and he you know he he, he did a foul on Hoiberg that Andre Mariner thought was a penalty and even the linesman who had a better view of it thought it was a bloody penalty and it wasn't you can tell by the markings on the pitch as they slid that it was outside the box but at the moment Rudy's playing probably I would say the best football of his career is he doing that because he wants to stay or is he doing that to get other suitors? And that's the question that I think is probably on the minds of a lot of Chelsea supporters. Personally, I can see him staying, but I can see him getting a lot more money than what he's on at the moment. And I don't know whether or not Chelsea, the longer it goes, I think Chelsea will be probably more agitated and probably more thinking that we are a little bit worried if he keeps performing well when we perhaps get to other finals that someone like Man United who are desperate for uh, quality signings because they haven't got any quality players. Keith, hold it a second, mate. They have spent on their two centre-backs £125 million. £125 million. And I think, I think Rudiger's a good player, but he's a league below. Would you swap him for Diaz or Van Dijk? If you had one of those players, would, would you think Rudiger's a better player than those? I don't think he is. And I I do know a little bit about centre-back. Only a little bit, though. <laughs> I, I what gives you that idea, Steve? <laughs> no, I, I, I think that Rudiger's a good player, but he's not in the league of Diaz. And, not in the, and the other boy who's out of, out of his contract, who I would really consider signing for Chelsea, is Laporte. Yes, because he's out of contract as well, I think. At the I think seat. Laporte is a fantastic centre-back. And if Rudiger wants to go to Man City, with the little rumours that he wants to go to Man City, yeah, we'll have Laporte. And we'll have De Bruyne back. So, <laughs> well... It, oh. I know he's linked with Man United. I'd be surprised if Rudiger does go to City, though. But Well, they've think... got the four out of contract. So, they're, they're a centre-back down. Mm. And there are rumours about the Man City thing. But I would... Laporte would be... I think Laporte's a super player. So, mm. what I'm trying to say to every Chelsea fan is there is, there is life after Rudiger. There are options. And I just think that if he doesn't want to stay at Chelsea and he's going to do the dirty on Chelsea, let him go. Well, one player that has returned to Chelsea is Kennedy. And it was announced yesterday that Chelsea have 
terminated the loan deal with Flamingo for Kennedy. The winger come left wing back or right wing back, however you want to sort of see him. Um, It was Tuchel's decision. It wasn't the club's decision, allegedly. Tuchel has said that he wants him in the squad. Now, again, we are short on wing-back options. Alonso didn't even start yesterday. I know he came on late in the the second half. But it's an interesting one, Steve. I think that this is one that probably maybe mean that Emerson isn't coming back or maybe the issue with James and Chilwell is probably a little bit worse than perhaps was probably first diagnosed but it's a it's a chance for him again we've got play we've got so many players out on loan as it seems it's a chance for him to step up and if he does step up he can be part of a very good squad going forward I just think it's it's a safety blanket I don't think there's anyone that thinks he's good enough to be the number one left back for for for, for Chelsea I don't think there's anyone that but it's a body. And unfortunately, we've got loads of players out on loan. We've, you know, not so long ago, about three podcasts ago, I said that I thought we had the best two fullbacks in the world at the moment. Uh, Chilwell, the way Chilwell and James were playing, absolutely unbelievable. And to lose both of them, well, it's, it's, it's a real kick in the teeth. It really is. Um, so there's two ways about it. You know, I was pulling my hair out that they were going to sign the guy from Everton. To me, <laughs> I was pulling my hair out. I'm glad he's gone to Aston Villa and he showed his true colours with, with what he said about Rafa. And I don't think anyone should say things like that when they leave football clubs. You know, at the end of the day, you should just keep it yourself. Um, but I was pleased we never signed him. Um, and I, as I said, I really believe Chelsea should cherry-pick their signings. And I don't think Chelsea, in January, should go because of panic. Mm. And I don't think Chelsea will ever do that. Digny would have been a panic buy, I thought. because You'd have been a panic buy. And what do you do? You have a £25 million player who can't get in a team. And, you know, you, 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 you stop the problem, a potential problem. Yeah. And he's gone to Villa, probably his level. You know, yeah. I know, I know he 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 was at Barca previously, and Barca did like him. But again, it's what I've said about other players in the past. There are reasons why Barca and, and Real Madrid, if they get rid of you, there's must be a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, with regards to Rudiger, we'll see what happens. Yeah, there's talks about him potentially signing a new deal. Rudiger's come out and said yesterday that he's playing the best football of his career. So we'll read to that at a future date. And again, we'll see how he does between now and the end of the season. Thomas Tuchel, and this is another sort of person who... Very, very interesting enough that, again, I've, I said before that I've, I wasn't a fan of his. I didn't think he was the right appointment. He seems to have got the side going like a well-oiled machine. And it was interesting last night, Steve. I don't know whether you've heard it. I don't know whether you've seen it. He didn't like part of the performance yesterday. There was parts of the game that he didn't enjoy. And it was very similar to what was has been said previously about managers when they win a semi-final or a final. Yeah, they should be excited. They should be joyous. Tuchel wasn't. The first thing he said was, we didn't play well enough. There was parts of the game where 
I didn't like. Tottenham could have got back into it. We overplayed it. We showed overconfidence. And he said that it wasn't the Chelsea, you know, we, it's not the Chelsea standard. It's not the Chelsea way. Very interesting comments by Tuchel. Is it harsh on his part or is he accurate? No, I, I think when you get to a cup final, the thing you've got to do is get your players' feet back on the ground. You know, because they've got a massive game on Saturday. So what he's doing, he just, hold it a minute. Yes, we've got, let's not get carried away here. We've got to a cup final. There are still things we can improve on. You know, uh, it, it's, it's a, a great way of him bringing the players back down to earth, really. And, um, you know, I think you should never be 100%. You know, there's always got to be things that aren't quite right. You know, very rarely do you go through 90 minutes without, especially away from home, without the home team putting you under some kind of pressure. Um, and I just think he's, listen, you can't criticise him at all in terms of what he's achieved at the football club. Um, and to be fair, you've got to let him react the way he reacted because I think we've all come to know that there's a method in his madness on what he's saying. Yeah, so, you know, he's, you know, it was like the two sides, you know, you saw two managers with two totally different things. And it seems to me that Tuchel, I think he, he, he took that, that, that depressant tablet that, that, that Conte took before the game. Because I'll tell you what, as I said, he looked very low and very flat after that game. And I said, as I said, I think the reality of his job at Tottenham was shown over those two games. Well, Tuchel obviously tactically was outstanding last night and even in the introductions of Kante and Thiago Silva when they came on, they've, they've been away for over a week. They've just come back from COVID issues. It's good to have them on the pitch with Man City in mind. Even with Timo Werner, he's been out for a while. He came back against Chesterfield and even he's, he's, he scored a goal against Chesterfield and I thought he was outstanding yesterday again and we're in the final. The first, the other first legs tonight between Liverpool and Arsenal, as we as we're recording. I've already said I, I I don't fear anybody, but whoever we play, I know you your preference is Arsenal. What do you think our chances are come twenty seventh of Feb of lifting another trophy? Um, well, I think they're very good. I think the the players have got into a habit of winning. You know the the last, You know they've won the the Champions League. They've won the um, uh, Super Club uh, Cup final. They they they're winning big games is a habit. And it's like our old mate Drogba. I've never known anyone score so many important goals at important times like him. Um, and I think that the only problem that I uh, the, what I'd like to see is goals being spread around the team where Lukaku starts scoring, Werner starts scoring. I know he scored against Chesterfield, but, you know, they start now, you know, getting into form where they're, they're, they're scoring regularly. Um, and I think that's our only problem. I, you know, I, I, I'm looking, I'm thinking, most teams that win things have a uh, centre-forward that scores 20 goals a season. As I said, we performed a miracle last year in the Champions League. 
Um, you know, and um, I'd like to see our, our forward players. As I said to you before, there are certain teams that you can get away with it. When I say that, in terms of the amount of chances we miss in that first leg. In the Champions League, if you'd have missed that amount of chances against someone, you might not have got away with it. And I think we were lucky because we were playing a side that was so inferior to us. It was un unbelievable. Uh, and I like saying that, trust me, I really like saying that. And, uh, you know, it was a stroll in the park, really. Uh, you know, we never had any, you know, it was like, well, where, where are they going to put us under a bit of pressure? You know, are they going to spark it? It was just, it was, it was too easy. Too easy. Well, we'll see how it goes in, in the League Cup final. I'm hoping to go there. I'm hoping to uh, hopefully get a ticket for the final. It would be a great occasion. One thing that's not going to be easy, though, is the Man City game coming up on Saturday. Um, a huge game at the Etihad. A game that I'm not going to uh, due to family commitments, and rightfully so, because I have, for the last few weeks, I've been to a lot of games and I need to uh, sort of. Uh, Relax more no, and Jerry, to actually no, charge, no, re recharge no, the batteries a little bit. To no, be fair. No. You need Zoe time. That's what you need. <laughs> I need to recharge the batteries rather than uh, worry about other people. But Man City away. We haven't got a great record against them at their place. I think the last time we beat them was under Conte. Um. I wouldn't say if we lose, we're at the Tartar race. I think we're at the Tartar race anyway. But if we win, I think it'll be great for us, for the momentum going forward. And I think, Tuch again, Tuchel will take it seriously because it is Man City. And it'll be interesting, again, with the with, with the lineup, whether he will go with partially the, the same lineup as Wednesday. Steve, is this a game whereby we have to win or is it a case whereby we dare not lose? And I say that because a, is, is a draw against Man City acceptable for a club like us or should we say, no, we have to win? This is a, this is a must-win game. I think, unfortunately, the way Man City are playing, it's almost a must-win game, Keith. Um, you know, I think that we can't afford to go 13 points behind them you know, that's four games. And I can't see Man City losing four games. Um, so I think as unbelievable as it is, with 18 games still to play, I think it's 18 games, you know, it's incredible that I think it's a must-win game. You know, because Man City are, are just playing out this world at the moment in terms of they're relentless. They just keep winning, keep winning. And they have... They know how to win. That's the thing. You know, the other day they weren't, can't remember who they were playing against, but they weren't that good, but they won. They nicked a, uh, who were they playing? But they, they, they didn't play that well. And all of a sudden, Ars Arsenal. Oh, that's Ars right. Yeah. 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 Arsenal played probably the best football I've seen them play for five, six years. And Arsenal were brilliant in the first half. And Man City, you thought, but they won. And I remember Billy Bremner said, a good sign for a good team is when you play not so well and win. And Man City have that, they have that gift. Mm. They can 
snatch a victory out of jaws of defeat. They've got so many players that can score goals um, that they are relentless at the moment. And, you know, you, you, it's sad because I think for the, the sake of the, even for the non-Chelsea and Man City fans, I think it's really important that we win because we keep it alive. We keep it alive. You know, all of a sudden we'd be seven points behind, which is a little bit more achievable. But I think everyone will look at it on Saturday if we get beaten and say, championship over. That's it. That's it. Over. Finished. And I'm sure half of Liverpool will be cheering us on as well, which is unheard of. Again, as you say, it doesn't matter who wins because we're in the final. That's what matters. And I think that between now and then, it's going to be a very interesting season and big players will turn up. James will come back. Chilwell is obviously going to come back at the end of, uh, in the summer and hopefully he will have a good pre-season. That will be important and hopefully Lukaku gets going. Hopefully Werner will get going and Havertz gets going. And Man City will be a tough one. Um, Steve, just for the benefit of the podcast predictor league which is getting very very tight by the way i will up i will be uploading the table very very soon what's your prediction for city first of all i've been so unlucky over the past three weeks i've been a goal away from from predicting the right thing for about the last three games um you had spurs right to be fair the spurs last week you had it right you did say two nil yeah, I did. Yeah, I was, I was, I was. But I said yesterday, what was my prediction yesterday? Two one. Two one, you said to Chelsea. Oh yeah, um, of course, of course. Um, listen, I'm not going to go against Chelsea. I'm going to go for Chelsea, and I'm going to say Man City nil, Chelsea one. I'll go with that. That's fine. Lovely. Well, if that's the case, then game Chelsea, on. If that's the case, Chelsea have had a fabulous week. And yeah. again, let's hope that Chelsea do the business at the Etihad and with Brighton coming up as well on the 18th and with Tottenham coming up at Stamford Bridge on the 23rd. Again, massive games. I said this at the start of the season, Steve. I think Chelsea will win something. Yours really sad. Go on, Steve. Go on, I'll tell you. I fear Brighton more than I do Tottenham. Oh, and I think that's you're antagonistic. You antagonistic so and so. I know, but I do. I think Brighton's a harder game than Tottenham. My last little rant. I'm I'm, I'm going to have my last little rant before we close the show. And it partly ruined my day yesterday. It partly ruined my evening. Not just the fact that it took me longer to get home um, from North London. And by the way, because obviously with what happened yesterday with the Tottenham supporter collapsing. At the end of the game, apparently he's he's okay. He's it's not life threatening as, as as far as we know. So hopefully he will be making a full recovery because that that was a, that was a bit sort of quite yeah. a, a bit of a a bit of a scary moment. Something that you don't normally want to. to of course, you don't want to see at a football stadium so close to the late in the game. It's like the eighty eighth, eighty ninth minute. You know, you don't wish that on anyone, do you? No. You don't wish that on so I'm hoping. I'm hoping he he's going to be okay, but with everything that's sort of going on at the moment, my last little rant before we do close. 
possibly the best away day I've had on record. The Tottenham supporters, and it wasn't a sellout by any stretch of the imagination yesterday. The upper tier at the section of the uh, Tottenham ground was pretty empty. Um, Chelsea fans having a laugh for the, for the entire 90 minutes, which was which was pretty special. The one stain on my day was some asshole nicked my program. Oh, did they? I had a program underneath my seat. Normally, I have it in my hands, but I was filming for podcast uh, duties. And some bugger nicked it. It was under my seat and it nicked it. And I know it was nicked because I put my ticket inside the program. It was in an, an envelope. I've stopped filming because I'm about to go. I've looked down and there's an envelope on the floor. I'm thinking, hang on, what the, what's that? It can't be mine. I've looked over, my program's gone. I'm thinking, whose envelope's that? I've looked at it. It's got Keith Lawrence and it's got my ticket on it. So some but some arsehole, and I hate to call I hate to call a Chelsea fan an arsehole, but this arsehole nicked my program. So oh, okay. that partly put a stain on my lovely day yesterday. I even asked a couple of Spurs stewards if they can help me speak to the program sellers and see if I, they can get one. But unfortunately, I was unsuccessful. So if I do manage to find that individual who was with a group of. Uh, other Chelsea supporters. If I see you at the ground or I see you at the Chelsea pensioner, we will be having words. Don't you worry about that. But other than that, Steve, perfect. Yeah, I'd rather listen. I'd rather us win. I'd rather us lose and you keep your program than us win and lose your program. Well, there's always other programs. That that is, that is a good uh, point. There are, there are always other programs. But Do you know what? You're going to get something that a Tottenham fan won't have: a cup final program. Program. <laughs> I intend to, but I don't intend to pay £10 what they were uh, allegedly charging for certain cup finals. But it'll be it'll be good. This season's going to be very, very good. And the podcast is going to be very, very good because we've got hopefully a few player interviews coming up this month. We're going to hopefully have some special features coming up this uh, between now and the end of the season and, of course, next season. Thank you for everyone who's listened to mine and Steve's special episode of Terry Venables last week. That was a very interesting episode that we did, and I enjoyed listening to uh, Steve's stories on that. If you haven't listened to it yet, find it on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. And we're now on Amazon Music, Steve, as well. We're finally on there now, which will be very, very good as well. But we're hoping yeah. to get some more guests on the show. And, yeah, between now and the end of the season, it's exciting for Chelsea. It is exciting for the podcast. Find You can find us on Facebook. We're on facebook.com slash the Blue Day Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, where our Twitter handler will hopefully be busy between now and the end of the season once he gets uh, sorted. We're on Instagram as well. We're putting tons of content on Instagram every single day. Goals, special features, videos of myself at the grounds. I obviously again, I won't be there Saturday and I won't be there Tuesday, but we will be putting content on there nonetheless. So subscribe to us at the Blue Day Podcast. Find us wherever you get your favourite podcasts. Steve, any final thoughts for you before we wrap this up? No, just all Chelsea fans, enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment. We're in another final. Enjoy the moment. We're in another final. We're on our way to Wembley. And just remember, Tottenham get battered everywhere they go. Stay safe and carefree.
Social Podcast Network.